you are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 104. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. With them. And, and that's a very important thing I tell them. We, we don't make changes from one day to another, and you don't learn things from one day to another. Welcome, welcome, veggie lovers. Happy Sunday and happy Father's Day to all of the veggie lover dads out there. So grateful to have you in our lives. We appreciate you, and I hope that you have a very pampered day. So today's episode is with Ariane Elizalde, who is a dietitian working in South Florida. And I think that you're going to love her story. You're going to love her personality and everything that she has to say. So I hope that you're comfy and ready to enjoy this episode. But before I tell you more about Miss Ariane, let me tell you a few little reminders. First of all, if you haven't already joined my newsletter, it's a great place to be the first to hear about new podcast episodes, new events, anything special and fun going on. And the way to join that is to text the word fiber, F-I-B-E-R, to 66866, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash sign up. Also remember that I do have a book, especially if you are new to my podcast. My book is called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. So basically this book is not just about what we might feed our children, but how to feed our children in order to decrease stress and battles at the dinner table and all of the anxiety that comes with feeding our kids. Also, it's got a section that's pretty much a mini lifestyle medicine section for children. So I think it's a very comprehensive book and it's like a handbook that you can have and refer to it through all of the stages of childhood from pregnancy to teenagers. And even for moms that their kids are already out of their house or aunts, uncles, and grandmas, it can be very helpful to how you feed children and how you feed yourself. So go ahead and pick that up. It's available in all major online booksellers in paperback, in ebook, and in audiobook. And again, that's called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. And I'd like to read a five-star review from Amy Zutenhorst on Amazon. She titles it, Great for Parents of All Ages. This book is essential for all parents of babies through young adults. The way I feed my toddler has already changed for the better after reading this book. I am also more mindful of my relationship with my health and food and how that affects my young son. Thank you, Dr. Yami, for writing such an impactful book. 
Thank you, Amy, for that warm review. I so appreciate you reading the book and for writing a review and that it's helped you. So I'm so grateful for that. Remember that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please contact a health professional. All right, let's talk about Ariane. Ariane Elizalde is a registered dietitian based in South Florida since 2014 with a Master of Science in Nutrition and Dietetics with a concentration in Clinical Nutrition from NYU and a BS in Nutrition Science from Universidad Iberoamericana in Mexico City a certificate in weight management from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and a diploma in sports nutrition. She has also been a nutrition consultant for food companies and has spent over 13 years working in children's medical centers, such as Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth, in the area of endocrinology and gastroenterology, and in the South Florida outpatient clinic with Nicholas Children's Hospital. Having witnessed firsthand the incredible benefits of adapting a plant-based lifestyle, her 20-plus years of private practice has recently evolved to include plant-based nutrition coaching to people seeking to transform their relationship with food and improve their overall well-being. Ariana's mission is to guide you so you can experience firsthand the joy of healthy eating. Now, Ariane works with people all over the country and in fact, all over the world. She does virtual visits and she does virtual workshops, which we'll be talking about at the end of this interview. However, if you want to reach out to her, her email is arianeelisalde at hotmail.com. That's A-R-I-A-N-E-E-L-I-Z-A-L-D-E at hotmail.com. And you can find her on Instagram at arianee.rd. So it's A-R-I-A-N-E-E dot R-D. All right, let us proceed to this very fun interview. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day and a very plantastic Father's Day. Hello, Ariane. Thank you so much for joining me today on Veggie Doctor Radio. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you for the invitation. It's really an honor, and I am so happy to do this and to share this space with you. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, absolutely. We had a fun time on Instagram Live, and so now we're back for a little longer version. So let's start with your nutrition journey. What was that like? Sure, sure, sure. So um, since I was little, I remember myself like growing fruits and vegetables and all that. I loved food, but mostly like the colorful fruit, uh, food. And then afterwards, I decided to study nutrition because I wanted something that had to do with um, health. And at some point I was like, maybe I should be a doctor, but then I don't know, like it was, it's a, you know, it's a big decision. And I wanted to teach more than being there in a, you know, OR or something. So then that's when I thought, you know, nutrition has a lot of clinical stuff, a lot of, of health. And I love the, the, the idea of studying that. I did my bachelor's on nutrition. 
And I, after I graduated there, I started working for a food company, which was a great experience because it, it taught me all the food chain, how everything works. And, and it was interesting. And for me, it was interesting to see how uh, food companies think about nutrition. And my goal was to uh, make all the communication, nutrition communication, all the a newsletter that talked about nutrition but the part that I loved about was um, a lot of teaching I went to lots of um, I had to give talks it was part of the things um, as a dietitian working in a in a food company that's what you do I had to do a lot with food labels which was another interesting thing to learn and how to calculate them where everything comes from so it was a great experience but I wanted to be more clinical at that point. So that's when I decided to study clinical nutrition, a master's in clinical nutrition. I am from Mexico. So I did all my, um, all my enrollment and everything to be, I wanted to be abroad. So I studied in NYU. I got accepted and I, it was a, like a great experience and, and a new adventure at the beginning getting from your town city that you are all the time with your family and going to New York, a big city, it was a big, big cultural shock for me. And, um, but it was also amazing. It opened my horizons a lot and, and I had to, you know, get adjusted to new things and studying there was great because when I was in New York, I got to be rotating. When you do your internship as a dietitian, you rotate. You have an internship. So again, I got to be in different settings. Um, in the community nutrition part, I got to be in, this is interesting, in the dentist um, uh, clinic also as a dietitian teaching. I, um, I was hospital, general hospital, pediatric hospital, and um, and so you rotate there, and and that gave me more of an idea of what I wanted to do um, when I graduated from my master's degree, and I decided I wanted to be in pediatrics. So um, then we moved to Texas, to Dallas, and I started working there um, in um, Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth which was another great experience. I was first in the endocrine clinic. And again, that's a lot of teachings, uh, families uh, about diabetes, obesity, um, um, food allergies I had there. Not so much as when I moved to the GI clinic. And in the GI clinic, that's where I feel like that's the more most intense nutrition I felt because I had to do a lot of TPN, uh, parental mm -hmm. nutrition, enteral nutrition, and then lots of food allergies. And then while I was there, we opened or um, we started to to um, come up with a group that was a multidisciplinary group where we had a speech therapist, occupational therapist feeding therapist, dietitian, and the GI doctor. So it was an, uh, another great um, experience to help families with their kids um, in helping them start to eat, all those little babies that had so much trouble eating um, with lots of um, growing problems and, like I said, food allergies. So that was a great experience, and I loved it, and I would 
keep doing that. The thing is that we had to move to Florida. And so I wanted to continue doing pediatrics. So I was able to start working at um, Miami Children's Hospital. Now it's called Nicholas Children's Hospital. And I was in the outpatient clinic. And when I was in the outpatient clinic, I really had to work more with families. You know, it, it was not so, well, in the other two, but what I mean is I'm, I was talking um, to the whole family. It was like, we all had to make these changes. When, mm -hmm. when I was in the GI clinic, it was more like, you have to give them the formula like this at these hours, but it, I didn't have to teach the parents their habits. It was more towards the kids. But in the outpatient clinic, I started to notice I was just talking to the moms mostly. And, um, and I loved it because then I saw all the fears that they have, all the things that they go through in trying to, to, get, to, you know, to help their kids have better eating habits and habits, better habits, you know, all in all. So I, then that's when everything clicked. And I said, you know what, I think I would love to just teach adults again go back to adults which I always did on the side like if I had I was in the food company in the afternoons I will work with adults and like one-on-one -on -one counseling but when when this happened recently which was like two years ago I decided I wanted to be on my own and and I wanted to teach families or at least moms because sometimes their parent their dad is working and the kids don't want to listen to what, all what I wanted to tell them so that's when I decided, you know what, I like the, the talking to moms, to women, to, to the ones that are in charge of buying the food, preparing the food, being in charge of what the family is eating. And I think if they know, then they can build better habits in their families. But when they don't know, it's very hard. So, um, so after that, and I think we'll, we'll talk more about that, but my how I have been um, trying to help family is to help them start to incorporate new things to their diets because I see that they're very limited mm -hmm. and they have a lot of ideas of what is wrong, what I should be eating, what not. And so I'd like to open their horizon and, and start to, you know, make them try new things, go to new places. And it's, it's been very, a lot of fun because also I get to do, you know, my, teach them in my own way with what I believe and I, I am loving it. I, um, it keeps me very updated. I have to be updating myself and I have, it's, it's a very challenging job too, because you're on your own and you have to be all the time pushing yourself to do more for people. But I love to be, uh, you know, on their service and do it, like I said, on my own way and, and how I feel like um, families will benefit from me. Um, because when you're in the hospital, then you have certain hours and you have to do some paperwork that has to be, you know, it, it's more structured, which helped, that helped me a lot because now I have the basis. But it, um, it's great now that I can do it with my own um, touch or uniqueness, or I don't know how to yeah. say. Wow, what an amazing journey. You've definitely encountered all different kinds of facets of nutrition work. I think it's super interesting that you worked from food companies or for food companies in the beginning. Was that eye-opening at all? Like, I know that 
we kind of see food companies like very black or white, you know, like, oh my gosh, these evil food companies, like they're just out to kill the world. So what, what is your perspective? Do you have any thoughts on food companies and what they do for people and how they run as a business? Like what's their angle really? Right. Oh, I love that question because I had the same, the same like kind of, oh no, I'm going to be promoting something that maybe has a little bit more sugar or something. But it's like you said, it's not all black or white and food companies for me, it was a great school because you just not see nutrition. There you have to do with people from marketing. You have to see people from sales. You have to also listen to who are, you know, the, um, research and development, how they are working on, on, on making these formulas. So foods are, they are always trying to make the foods be the best quality and the best they can offer. Um, so for me, it, Working in that team opened my eyes a lot. That was something that I was not trained in school. They never, you know, I never had to do a lot with marketing or, or sales. And that was another great thing I was able to, to learn. On the other hand, the companies, at least the ones I had worked for, they had this part of um, social responsibility where they really wanted to get get to teach people in some of the 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 like we had some workshops where I had to go and cook with people and teach them what are the benefits of certain foods I remember I had another one with moms newly new moms that they wanted to know what to feed their kids and able to go and I think the food companies have the resources to make possible for a dietitian to be in those places where now that I'm on my own, I have to do it either for free or just, um, you know, or not do it because I don't have the time and I cannot be in every place. So for me, another great experience was to to uh, work with chefs because they had to, all the recipes that they had to develop, we had to do, to do them together. And the writing part, making articles for magazines or for newsletters or for newspapers, was another thing that I never learned in school when I was in the food companies, I learned that. So for me, it was a great school, another school, another perspective. And, and then the other great part is that you as a dietitian, you have a say there and you can say, you know what, I, you know, this product will not be a, a great choice. Why don't you think of adding more fiber or why don't you lower the sodium? Like you can, you, you have there. Um, another possibility. So, mm-hmm. I I I love the experience of of working for for food companies, but um, I like well, more the clinical part. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to to ask you because I wanted to get a little insight because I think it is helpful for us to see the reality inside businesses because we do tend to polarize and just say like everybody that works at Lay's must be evil and they would just want to kill people of heart disease. And it's just not true. Like you're saying that there's real humans working inside these businesses and they are trying to make the product the best they can because it does make money. But then there's people in there that are trying to do the best they can on the part of humans. So I think whenever we start seeing it that way, we can start working together, together to meet both goals, right? We can help companies make money, but we can also help 
create products that might be more health promoting, convenient, you know, and can meet some of those gaps that we have in our lives. So thank you just for letting me indulge in that for a second. But I want to go back to what you said about working with moms, because that is something that I believe too. But one of the things that I wrote in my book is how parents and moms, they're the gatekeepers of the nutrition of the household, especially a lot of women are the ones that do the grocery shopping and the menu planning and the cooking. There's definitely dads that contribute. So dads don't feel left out, but I know (laughs) we women do a lot of it just because that's naturally how it works in our society. So in order to improve the health of the family, we really have to be educating the moms, which is what you're doing. So tell me a little bit about about that and and give me your perspective about working now in South Florida, because I imagine that you do work with a lot of Latina mothers there. So what are some of the unique obstacles that some of these families may face in their health and their nutrition? Yeah, thank you. Yes, that's a great question. And um, yes, I work with most of my, my, my patients are Latinos. And it's interesting because when people come here to the U.S., they have their own type of diet that they do. But they see it very interesting to, to start also um, getting uh, or adapting to the diet of the U.S., the staple diet. So then they have their own, uh, you know, um, their own habits or their own traditions. But then they start eating the American traditional foods. However, when they get here and I see that, they get very overwhelmed because there's so many options, so much, um, the, the food is more available. Processed foods are kind of cheaper than in other, in their, in their country. So then it's like, wow, I want to try all of these and they go crazy. And then obviously it's, Processed foods are very easy for the kids to just put everything on their lunchbox and go go to school. So they see it as a very, um, you know, they like it at the at the beginning. However, which is most of my patients, the kids start to hurt, you know, because they start to have problems with their weight sometimes, or sometimes with their blood sugar. They have they start to be. Um, you know, insulin resistant and, or they have um, maybe some food allergies too that, uh, that I have seen. So I feel like they're in a very hard place because they want to provide their family to be the best, of course. However, they have all these options and they're very overwhelmed with the information. I remember a mom saying, what? You're telling me that it's not a good choice to give my kids, um, think it was special k bars cereal bars and i said like i'm not i don't and i don't like to say a food is good or bad but i just was trying to show her how sometimes we hear uh, in you know in the in the in the on tv or something that these are the amazing bars that you can do this and that and and people really believe in that and, and that's the part that we have to be there as, as dietitians or health specialists to, to be guiding people and telling them, you know, not everything you hear, it's like that. So we have to start 
start um, reading our food labels. So with, with a lot of respect, because I, I hear them and I was a Latino that came here to the U.S. And for me, it was very interesting to see all the choices that were here that I didn't have back in Mexico. So I understand them, but I, um, I like to kind of, kind of like translate all the information they hear and, and make it more so it works to their own. And, and they also, I, I like to tell them your traditions, you need to keep them because some of them are great. Some of the foods that you're eating are very, very healthy and don't feel ashamed because some of them are even ashamed of keeping their traditions. And what if they invite me to a party and I bring some weird thing that people don't like? Feel proud of that because those foods tend to be um, more like using the, the more natural ingredients. So it's been very interesting. And that was actually one of my first, um, my target population, the people that I wanted to talk to, to all of those that come to this country, they don't, they're kind of lost on what is healthy, what's a better choice, what should I do, um, should I believe in these, or even the information about diets and your body and have to be like this and this exercise extreme and so I like to you know kind of give them a break and help them guide them by taking their hand and helping them because it's it's really overwhelming overwhelming for them yeah oh my gosh it just <laughs> there's so much to talk about there but it makes me think of have you been to Las Vegas before yeah. Okay. It makes me think of what that must feel like because I grew up <laughs> both in Panama and the United States. So I feel like I, I can immerse in both cultures and feel fine, but I can imagine if I would have only been in Panama growing up in the little tiny town, Macaracas, where my family is from coming to the U S it would have felt like going to Las Vegas for the first time. There's like shiny objects and all this stuff and everything. It looks amazing. And that's the power of marketing too. Right. Cause what you're saying is moms are seeing, especially if they're not used to it, come to this country and see this amazing, fabulous, shiny marketing of like special K bars with all the vitamins your kids need. If you want smart, happy kids, you got to get them, give them special K bars. So then you might be saying, well, maybe not. And so then this mom's like, but wait a second, you know, so that marketing is, can be very confusing, especially because whole foods, simple foods have no marketing at all. There's no marketing for like, eat apples or like, go have your broccoli. It's the best, you know, like there's no commercials for that, you know? So it's like, we're, we're struggling with that. All this bright, shiny, fun, it's good for you. It must be better, you know, because it's telling our brain, well, that must be better for us. That's what we should get. So I can just see how that can happen when you first come. And also that feeling of, well, what I eat might be strange to other people or that FOMO feeling like, well, you know, I could have beans and rice, but man, that stuff that you're having, that looks really good, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, there's a lot definitely to uncover there. So what do you think is, what is like one of the first steps that you take? So a family comes and mom's overwhelmed with all of this newness and all this, all these products. What's the first step that you usually take when they're feeling overwhelmed like that? 
and and you know on top of that they have um when they come to me they're already having an issue with their kids they're already having like i said or um issues with their blood sugars or the pediatrician had told them they had need to lose weight urgently so they're already really um kind of uh, very also defensive they're mm. not in the sometimes in the best place because when they tell you that you're not doing something right with your kids you feel you feel a little you know like they're they're being aggressive to yes. you so so i have to always tell them you're doing great <laughs> you know first of all you're doing great we just have to um first of all i need to learn a lot about what are your your traditions what do you like to do what are your habits and your family how does your family work and um once i get to know a little bit more about them about their health issues their history in the family everything then i i i i teach them i teach them that we need to work in different uh parts because nutrition is not the only thing that has to do with health so i really tell them we need to work a little bit on exercise we need to work on you you know calming down on you learning about nutrition i need you to get a little bit more involved as a mom so i let them read some books or watch maybe a documentary here and there um i um and then i i really like to hear what do the kids like and from there i start to show them and i love to teach um this method of the of the uh, stop sign or the you know the stop sign how is it called yeah the, the, so they know the traffic like, light the red and light. yellow and mm -hmm. yes so that they they can learn that they can eat or they can provide to their families different foods but we want to do more of the green part green foods and then in their diets i know there will be some yellow and some red they, there will be so however we we want to limit these red ones or we want to you know just substitute the reds for some other foods that are even tastier and that bring them more nutrition more nutrition value and that's a method i like to do with the kids same thing i put there the 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 plate my plate also i teach the kids when the kids are present then the plate and I tell them, let's come up together with your own list of the foods that you are going to eat more of that we know they're in the green area. And um, and how can we start, you know, getting the, the red ones, maybe substituting them for other choices that are healthier. And um, it depends on the age of the kid and, and all that. But that's how I like to approach it, using the my plate when they're kids and, and these other ones. And then I I, I like to follow up with them. And, and that's a very important thing I tell them. We, we don't make changes from one day to another and you don't learn things from one day to another. So I like to be coaching you, like mm -hmm. taking you by the hand. So more or less, it depends again in, in the age and how they're, but maybe every three weeks we see each other or every two weeks often until you have mastered some of these habits. and. Um, Sometimes it's, um, I talk a lot about drinks because that's a big, big one that moms wanna give their kids something to drink. So they give them a lot of juices, sodas, and um, uh, 
Capricorn, well, this one or, or chocolate milk or things like that. So that's the one thing I start to work on early, early in my, in my, um, in my coaching, nutrition um, intervention. And, and then I, um, I encourage them to give me some feedback. I need to learn. So I tell them, keep a food log of what you are eating and what has been hard and what has been really difficult because sometimes people think of going to the dietitian is like going to a restriction you know they're going to restrict me i'm going to have to let's eat like crazy the night before we see the dietitian and then and then um but i i tell them be what i want to teach you is something for your life like a different lifestyle so mm -hmm. i work a lot on that and i know it's hard for some people to understand that part because they want quick results. Yeah. And because they have the pressure, like I said, because the pediatrician is on top of the moms telling them, I need this kid to lose weight or the opposite. Sometimes it's the failure to thrive. Oh my God, they, they, the moms really get very, very nervous that their kids are not gaining weight and all that. So they're giving them whatever the kids want. And instead of building good, healthy eating habits, which is more important in the long run than gaining a few pounds. So, um, so I, that's another shocking part for, for some pediatricians and for some moms, because they're like, what, you're not wanting me to stuff my kid with all this food. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I just want you to start to choose the best things that your children can have. It's the best fuel for them to grow and develop. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So, um, so it's a lot of talking and educating and encouraging them, but in a positive way. I, mm -hmm. I try to tell them, have fun while you do this. Go to new restaurants, pick new fruits, look at, uh, cook with your children. That's very important. Let them get the, the dirty, but just try, you know, try to do things differently. But at the same time, have fun. Don't see it as... Um, as, oh, now I have to do all these. What a tragedy or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's there's so much to to discuss with families, and I love how you talk to moms about the importance of role modeling. You know, because when we want to make changes for our family, it's best if we also learn to make those changes ourselves, because our kids do what we do. And I think that's really important for moms and for parents to understand that we are the best role models for our children. And, and that's what, sorry, to no, go ahead. That's, why, that's why I wanted to teach the moms. Like that's when I decided that was my target population. Yeah. About the, the traffic light. So just to explain a little bit more. So basically what you do is you label foods based upon their health benefits. Green means go, yellow means slow down, red means whoa. Basically those are the foods that vary every once in a while foods. Um, 
Do you feel that children respond to that well? And what ages do you think that kind of approach is good for? Um, like, like you're saying, and, and I told you, it, it depends on their age, but more or less kids um, from maybe like seven to 10 years old, 11 maybe, but they don't see it very like cool at 11, they're like, no, they're <laughs> and, and for the youngest ones, it's, um, it's better just to show them, I play with them or I show them, oh, look, the apple, it's, it's your friend, it gives you all these vitamins and minerals, and, um, and, and kind of they, they understand, and I, I tell them, you want to you wanna have energy to run and to jump and to, all, to do all these fun things, so that's why we want to choose more from here, and I teach them the plate more with those little ones, and, and with the other ones, and this is what I wanted to tell you. It has helped me here at home with my kids because they are, um, obviously they are tired of me talking about nutrition. So I tried not to overwhelm them, but I tell them, let's see, let's see what, uh, what are your favorite foods that you don't want to stop eating? So let's put them in a, like kind of category. And, um, and then we are going to, um, we're going to try to, from the green part what else can we choose and every week i tell them uh, let's try something new from this group and they like it because i'm not like the evil <laughs> like it, it's mm -hmm. how it is there are foods that have more nutritional value than others but that doesn't mean they're good or bad or the mean or the because what i want that's the other important thing i want people to, to sorry to heal their relationship with food because mm -hmm. otherwise, when you forbid something, then that's exactly what they want. They're going to be craving, especially a kid. Exactly. And, and, and I have had a lot of kids that it's very sad, but they eat in, the, in their closets or, mm -hmm. or underneath their beds. And then the mom finds all these wrapping paper and all of that. So for me, it's very important that they have a good relationship with food and they that they know that it's okay to sometimes have a chocolate at bar, a chocolate bar or something. But yeah. also, I want to teach them that that's not the only thing that is out there to enjoy the sweetness of something. And, and that's another thing I, I forgot to tell you. I give the moms a lot of recipes. I give mm -hmm. them a lot and I teach them how to do them. I've done some workshops and I think that that opens their eyes too, because sometimes they think, oh, this is so hard. Like, how am I going to change my diet or my family's diet? And, and but when they see that the, the food that I'm, I'm teaching them to eat, it tastes delicious. Plus, it's easy to prepare. Then they kind of um, motivate themselves or they start to be more proactive in that. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, little by little, they can start trying those new things. And it, it's just like you said, probably a lot of moms come in with a lot of fear. They're afraid to change things. They don't know where to start. They don't know if it's going to work or if it's going to be really time consuming or not taste good, or the kids are going to look at it and everybody's going to pout and cry. You know, it's hard for moms, but I, I really love how you de-emphasize the size of the child, because I think that that's so important too. Like you said, moms come in very anxious 
whether they were told their child is too big or too small. It produces so much anxiety. And when we focus on the size of the child, we actually lose the point. Like we, we're we not even seeing the, the purpose of the whole thing, which is to improve our habits and behaviors, you know? So the size of the child is just one thing. And sometimes it's not even that important. It's more of how can we improve what foods we're putting into our bodies and our other habits, the exercise, the sleep, the stress management, all of these lifestyle things that contribute to having more well-being and health in our lives. So I'm so glad that you do that. And I'm so glad that you also teach the families not to just look at foods as good or bad, but a spectrum. It's a spectrum. And we can enjoy foods from all of these different parts of the spectrum. But whenever we focus on one side of the spectrum, we're going to get more benefits overall. So I think you're doing great work. But you know, I want to know how having kids yourself has changed your perspective. How old are your kids? And have you changed how you practice at all since you've become a mom? Yes, 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 sure. So I have um, a 12-year-old going on 13, Isabel, and then a boy, Rodrigo, he's 10 years old. Um, and it's been, you know how I feel it when I had my children, like um, you have been studying for a test. And when they were born, that was the real thing. That's when I had to put into practice all of the, all of what I had learned. And it's been more challenging than than in the books than how it says in the books because of course these little ones come with their own personality their own likes their own things their own ideas too so it's it's been very hard and and the other thing and i bet you felt it and a lot of moms felt that i had never felt the until i had my kids that and how how do i say like that sense of providing food especially like when my baby started to to cry and I was like oh it's time to breastfeed and and I started to get really anxious and I tell my my husband I I still sometimes feel that way like the food is not ready and I don't have it ready and and it's kind of um it's kind of um I guess it's an instinct that's the mom instinct that you want to provide the best and you want to be you want to have it available there so that change, it was more like something I didn't know I had until I had my kids. And and then the other part was, um, as I had my kids, my health, because I was so busy on them, started to not be great. I had mm. I started to have bad um, cholesterol. My cholesterol started to increase. I started to have nodules here and there that they had to, uh, I had to get surgeries. And then every time I went to the doctor, I felt like I, it was another bad news and bad news, bad news. So I'm like, I don't want this to continue. And, and my, also I started to, which, I mean, it's, it's part of this, but I started to gain weight fast, very fast. And, and my, everything was changing. My health was not good. My energy levels were not good. And I was not in a good mood even. So at some point I was like, I don't want this for my family. I don't want to be that person. I want to be someone that has the opposite, more energy, cheerful, um, being a good example. So that's where all of the things that I have learned in the books, I started to put into practice 
because sometimes it's easier to preach and not to put it into practice. But when my health was being, uh, and I, I, you know, it was so bad that even I, um, I was into a very bad um, depression or, you know, suffering from depression, anxiety, and um, very overwhelmed that I had to even take pills, which is fine if you have to take them, but it was, I feel like I wasn't myself. And, and it was a very rough, you know, it's one of those stages in life that teach you so much that you thought you were never going to go through that. You were not going to be in the hospital all the time. You didn't think that that was your journey, but it, it, it happened and it, I learned a lot. And what I learned is that I had to put things in my house and in myself more into practice. And that's where I started to, first of all, um, be very patient with me. And then I started to turn my diet into more of a plant-based diet. And I started to also um, change foods that I, a lot of the processed foods that I had them all the time in my house, I started to substitute them for better choices. I started to get my books out again and read again. And so, so then I started to update myself and go into more conferences. And, and I was um, saying my, they, sometimes we as dietitians, and I don't know, like I said, in other fields, if that happens, but we are very, um, however they teach us, that's what we do. We are, I, I, I don't like to generalize, but we are, we're kind of like, it's funny because we, we kind of, sometimes we even dress the same. We have the same style, dietitians. We can identify <laughs> us. It's funny because one day I had to interview a dietitian and I told my boss, who is she or from all these people? And she said, she had the dietitian look. And I'm like, oh, is that her? Yes. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> I, I love know. it. We're very by, by the book. We're good, good girls. I don't know how to say it, but at the same time, that makes us that limits us because we mm. we don't update ourselves we don't want to hear the other people's opinion we want to be how our book said it so that's when also everything clicked and i said you know what i think it's time for me to make some adjustments to make some updates and like i said i went back to studying and went back to listening to other perspectives and in my house i started to make changes that sometimes were hurtful because my kids oh they love chocolate milk but then I said this is not helping their development and they're drinking a lot so let's just try to substitute these and little by little we win them from several things that they used to love and for me it was amazing because I started to feel back my energy back my levels of all of the things that were out of um out of you know, uh, not out of limits and all that. Um, I also, uh, I started to run to, and, and I felt great about doing exercise. So little by little, also all the medications I had to take for my anxiety, I, had, I was able to wean off from them. So it was an amazing and a little hurtful journey that, that it's important. And I like to tell people this part because it, does, it didn't happen from one day to another. A lot of things had to, um, to click in my mind. And some of them, like I said, hurt it because um, it was, I don't know, like my food that I used to eat so freely, I, I was able to, you know, I was, I had to tell myself, you know, there's occasions 
to eat this and maybe, or why don't we embark this other journey of trying new things, going to cooking classes, that's another thing I did. Um, and it, um, like I said, it, it was a process and I like that fact because that helped me grow and, and learn that we as humans, we go through that. And when I did that, I understood even better my patients. I was more empathic because I, whenever they tell me this is so hard, I agree. It is hard. It is not an easy job or an easy thing to do. So um, when I lifted myself and I was in pain and I was sick, and I was able to now recover by doing changes that also were very hard. And then I can, I can tell them, you know, at the end, you will see the light in the tunnel, mm -hmm. but it, it, it takes time, effort, and, um, and, and just the willingness to do it. It's not even motivation. It's just that do it. And then in the, while you are doing it, you will find motivation because you will feel great. You will feel the difference. And, um, and then you will, in the journey, you will learn so many things that you will want to continue learning. And, and it will be so interesting. And, and for, for you as a person, you grow a lot internally too. Mm -hmm. and, and you all your ideas that you had, all those ideas that you have to say bye to them, that hurts, but it's also, that makes you grow. So I, I, I try to be very empathic and now I, that comes natural because now I understand what they're going through. Yeah. Wow. That is such a beautiful story. That's an amazing story. And I agree. That's the word that came to my mind was empathy because I've had similar things in my life and I can identify with you that feeling of like almost shame that you have that, oh my gosh, I'm a doctor or I'm a dietitian. And I'm having to worry about my health and all of this, and I should know better. And why can't I do better? But like you said, you went through the pain, you went through the struggle, but through that, you learned so many skills that helps you with your families today, helps you teach them and motivate them and inspire them that, yeah, even when it's hard, you can do it. And ultimately you end up feeling better in the end. So even though it was painful, I'm glad that you were able to go through it and learn from it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. So I want to know, what do you wish more people knew? Um, I, in regards to, you feel like anything, anything to anything. Yeah. What do you wish more people knew? That, that, uh, that um, once you have a goal that you want to accomplish, you, you are able to do it if you know, maybe if you have clear where, where you want to go, then the path, you will build that path. And, um, and the path will not be easy, but it's worth. So it's important for you to build little, little steps at the time, to take little steps at the, um, little by little. So that will make you um, get to that goal, but you have to have that goal really clear of, of where you want to be. And hopefully it's um, something that is uh, regarding your health that you want to accomplish um, a better uh, lifestyle that will give you quality of life and will make you feel great. So what I would like for people to know that the, the journey, it's a journey and it's not easy all the time, but it's possible.
I love that. That is so motivating. And it's so realistic because that applies to so many different phases of our life. Just like you were saying about how parenthood is the best teacher. And I agree. I've done all kinds of different programs of study. I have like so many different degrees, but I think that being a mom is the ultimate, like the hardest one. And so I don't know if there's like a graduation date for moms. I guess there's not. (laughs) You just like keep going. It's like a permanent school, but it's the best school. And, And it's one of those things that you get better at, but you have to want to, and you have to be willing to take little steps. But also I think you have to be willing to sometimes make mistakes and get it wrong. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to push yourself to try new things. You know, you're not going to be open about it. You're going to be closed. So it's important to be willing to mess up sometimes and do it wrong and learn from that. You know, one of the, now that you said, one of the the examples that it's hard when your kid doesn't want to eat and then um, they tell you, don't feed him, don't feed them, let them not eat. And you're like, what? Like, that's a very, that's something so crazy. No, how are you telling me that? And, and like you said, maybe it's wrong to do that too. Or maybe it's right. Who knows? But if you don't try, how can you know? And for one day or for one, one meal or whatever, maybe you learn a lot and the kid learns. Who knows? It's not everything is for everyone also. Yes, definitely. There's, and I tell my families that all the time that, you know, there's things that work for the majority of people and we can try it, but everybody has to personalize their approach and feel and find the the right fit for their family. And it's great because you can help families do that. I can help families do that. We can hold their hand and we can accompany them on their journey, but they do have to be willing to try, have to be willing to try different things. That leads me to one of my favorite questions, and it's about you. So what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it, and how do you maintain it? Well, um, I think the one that was the most challenging was to start trying new foods and new preparations because I don't come from a family of um, my mom didn't like to be in the kitchen. So we ate very plain, very uh, monotonous, like every day the same almost. So um it, it's it, it was something that I had to learn and like I said maybe I, I learned it a little older I wish I had learned it earlier um but trying new things which I have been doing and I do it every week I bring something new from the grocery store and I try, or if it's the same thing at least I try to prepare it differently mm-hmm. and that's a habit that I have developed and that has given me a lot of um I'm proud of that because I don't come from, um, there's people that come from families that they're cooks and they are very creative and in their, in, in the kitchen. I didn't come from that family. So for me, it has been interesting to experiment on myself and see, and, um, and, and also I, I, if something didn't taste good, then I try to make it again, try again, different things until I love it. And that's one of the, of the things I tell people, I want you to enjoy the, the like feel the joy of healthy eating because mm-hmm. you can, you can eat healthy and enjoy it and have fun eating like that. So for me, trying new things and, and making them part of my, of my, of my diet or my, my, you know, like my repertoire of food that I, yeah. didn't, that I didn't have. 
That's great because one of the things I talk to my patients about, my little ones, not not the moms, but it looks like the moms too sometimes need to do this, is a lot of kids, they'll declare, especially when they're in early uh, school age, late preschool age, that they don't like something. I just don't like that. So I have to explain to them that we like what we're exposed to and we like what we learn to like, (laughs) that every food that we like, it's because we've learned to like it. So yeah, there's going to be some foods maybe like for your whole life, you'll, you'll never like, but a lot of things we just have to expose ourselves to them. So you found this as an adult that you have to try new things. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And the more you explore those foods, the more likely that you are going to start to prefer them. So this is important. And I've heard other adults say this, you know, adults that were like, quote, picky eaters, that as adult, they're finally like, all right, this is limiting me socially. I I don't want to be like this anymore. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to do it. And then they taught themselves how to like a bigger range of foods. So it's possible for all humans moms, it's possible for you, but it's very possible for your kids. So in order for them to have more foods in their diet that they like, you have to continue to expose them to it, not force them. That's different. And I have a whole, you know, more other podcasts that talk about that, but expose them to it. So cook it, bring it into the house, prepare it with them, talk about it, have it there, because that's the only way to increase the preference for those foods. Correct. And, and, and I teach them that. That's another thing I tell them. In your tongue, you have these taste buds that they can be changing. Every 90 days I read, they change. So you can train them to start liking new flavors, new textures, all of that. So it's important, like you said, to be exposed to all these mm-hmm. different things. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I, 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 I wish, and my wish is I continue doing this. I love it. Well, Ariana, this has been great. So I would love for you to tell us how listeners can connect with you and what services do you offer? How do you work with clients and how can they find you? Okay, so I um, I have my email that I, I don't know if we can write it somewhere that they can email me, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I have where I use or where I am more active, it's in Instagram. And my, mm-hmm. my username is Ariane E like my last name, Ariane, and then an E, dot RD, that registered dietitian. That's what it means. Also, I do right now, uh, well, I've always done online online um, consults. Now I'm doing them. That's all I'm doing uh, online. At some point, I will go back and do them in person. I'm here in South Florida, but I still can help people in California or anywhere. And I... Um, I am doing, for example, right now, um, this workshop with, with moms again, and it's about how to make your immune system stronger and keep it strong. And, and the foreman has been very, very much fun because I give them the, like a kit where they have the information about their habits. I want to, you know, uh, boost or how to help them, um, strengthen or master those habits then um, mix and match menus and then recipes to make those menus but on top of that we have classes every week 
And in those classes, we go over different things uh, about nutrition, about habits and all that. And then we have a close group in WhatsApp where it's been great because I, I give them little, um, uh, how do you say it, like uh, things to do for this week. Not, not homework, but like a challenge of this week, for mm -hmm, example, mm -hmm. so that they get motivated. And I think it's been very helpful because each of them help um, the others get motivated. When someone sees that the other one is cooking something different or that, that the other one has been exercising uh, regularly, then they're like, I didn't feel like exercising, but when I saw you, then I wanted to exercise. And, and I tell them, this is for the whole family. I mean, I want your kids to be involved in these and I want you to try these recipes and cook them with them. So my idea is to continue with this workshop every, um, every so often with different topics. I've done uh, about uh, hormonal health, about kids' uh, health, about this of immune system. Another one um, was about the, well, the just healthy habits, how to build healthy habits, how to become plant-based, whoever is interested in making your diet more plant-based. And, um, and my, what I, how I learned about you was because I am very interested also in intuitive eating. And that's another important thing I want to start sharing more to my, to my, my people. I wish we could do with you a Spanish speaking version of your book or something. Hopefully someday, but yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, be a guest lecturer at one of your workshops sometime. That would be great. Do you offer a lot? Can you give us real quick what your email address is? Yes. So it's um, Ariane, like you, A-R-I-A-N-E. And then my last name, E-L-I-Z-A-L-D as in dog, E at hotmail.com. Okay, great. And I'll also put it in the show notes. But sometimes people, when they listen to it, they can write it down and that way they can get it. Okay, great. So you work with people all over the country, virtual visits, and these workshops these uh, that you do are also virtual too, right? I have now I have people from Mexico, from Ecuador. I had another one from and all of like New York, um, San Diego, Miami, and Texas. So awesome. They, That's great. They, they can come and, and it's, it's, I think the part of the accountability helps a lot in these groups. So I, that's Absolutely. what I'm, I'm loving working with groups too. Yeah. It's really fun. Okay. So leave us with a call to action for the week. What is one thing that we can do this week to improve our lives? Um, I think the first one is not to think a lot about things, just do it like Nike do it and, <laughs> and in, in the way don't overthink it <laughs> don't overthink it on the way you will find motivation I promise you that's better than waiting sitting down for motivation that won't come mm -hmm. you have to just do it start um whatever you I um what is your goal for but in the sense of nutrition for example it's getting hydrated then get your water bottle ready Get um, have maybe an app that is reminding you to drink water throughout the day. Um, uh, how, what else? Make your your water fun. Put some lime or something. But if it's being hydrated the whole day, then make it easy for you to accomplish that goal 
And once you master this one, go to the next one, but don't wait to, to do it perfectly either. Just do it. That's what I want people to do. Or if you want to become more plant-based, um, just start eating, start incorporating more vegetables and fruits to your diet. And later on, maybe you can start to wean off the other stuff, but do it, try it, try it. And, and, and you will, you, once you start in that or getting to that train, you continue. It's easier that way. Yes. Oh, I love that. That is fabulous. I also talked about that recently is don't overthink it. Just take action. One step. It doesn't even have to be a big step. Just like you're saying, it could be a tiny step. Doesn't matter. Just take the step. You have to start somewhere. And as you get that momentum going, as you get that self-efficacy going, you'll just continue to improve one step after another. I love it. That's so great. Well, Ariane, thank you so much for being a guest on Veggie Doctor Radio wow. today. I can tell that you are touching so many lives in such a positive way. And I'm so grateful for you and what you do for all those families out there. No, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting you, uh, inviting me. I am loving all the information that you also give to all our families. It's so valuable. And I love to find people that we're kind of in the same channel and we are in the same page. And um, I, I, I think that working together is also even, you know, a richer for everyone. Absolutely. Yes. We have to continue to collaborate and help one another and learn together. So yes. thank you, Ariane. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you so much again. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again, and have a plantastic day. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.